everyone, and welcome down to episode number 51 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, and pointed the wrong way again. That guy over there on that screen who looks like he's in Cradle Mountain, Tasmania, Australia, yeah. it's Cam Blake. Hello. How are you going? Very well, and yourself? Good. I am in Cradle Mountain, Tasmania. I'm, I'm, I'm live streaming from out here. Isn't that awesome? That's a great shot. Now, uh, off air, you told me that that was actually this evening, that photo. That was taken about two hours ago, two and a half Fantastic. hours ago. We had a beautiful end to the night. Unexpected, actually. Um, it was, didn't expect it to be this nice. So it was really nice. Not, well, not super, super windy. It had some nice warm light. It was beautiful. So a little little bit of cloud peeling off the top of the mountain. A little bit of cloud there. I've got to say a shout out to our mate Tom Putt. He's yep. uh ca currently camping there tonight. He's an idiot. <laughs> he's in that cloud. <laughs> he's in he's literally in the cloud. He's been sending me he has a little bit of reception and he's been sending me shots out his tent door, which look pretty damn spectacular. I'll I'll give him that. But um has, has anyone ever cracked a joke along the lines of, well, if you think that's big, you should see the baby? I don't get it. Cradle Mountain. Uh, no, I don't think they have. I just, just came I might, up with that while uh, you were talking. That's pretty good. I might use it. You that. can use it on your next workshop and, yeah, and yeah. just pretend that you made it up. Yeah, well, I, of course, mm. I wouldn't give you credit. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, no. Thank you to everyone who tuned into episode 50 last week when we raised the bat. And uh, it was great. The feedback's been mm. fantastic about episode 50. Thanks to all the everyone who sent us a hearty congratulations on reaching the half ton, which was pretty yeah. cool. And um, yeah, the comments have been great. The subscriber count has ticked up even more, which is awesome. So welcome aboard to new subscribers and new listeners. Uh, thanks for sharing us around. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback. We, we love it when we get comments. Um, we like responding to them and chiming in. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah it was. We, uh, it was good fun. And surprisingly, we actually fill in a, an hour of most people's week, which, uh, which is great. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that they love listening to us in the car or Yep. wherever they may be or watching us on youtube and um so yeah thank you to everyone that tunes in and you know we did 50 episodes we've got another few more to go um yeah. we're back for 51 and we're actually doing it remotely this is the first time we've ever done one where we're both not at home i think it's yeah. good practice this is going to be a good practice for maybe bfop you're on on location yeah i actually think i've got sunburned today look i feel a bit red in the face from all the yep. sun here so there you go my uh, my guests have been enjoying that they can't get over how beautiful this place is mm. and uh, everywhere where they're going they're like how is this place real like <laughs> it's like it's real yeah, get used to you're it, in it. <laughs> you're, you're in it shoot it and it just keeps turning it on like behind so yeah yeah nice one so yeah, uh, yeah thank, thanks everyone for tuning in um so your background we've already touched on so this is cradle mountain of course it is yes and uh, this those is, this of you who don't know where where is cradle mountain cameron just just here true yeah right behind so me. my background no <laughs> um cradle mountain is situated sort of north northwest of tassie um so if you come off the devon devonport ferry or the spirit of tasmania then you're about know, an hour from cradle mountain uh it's about uh, where this photo is taken it's about 900 meters above sea level the mountain behind is cradle i think that's about 1400 and something meters so yeah beautiful part of the world and uh i've just come back uh, still on a trip. I'm still actually working tonight, would you believe? Um, but we've been down the east coast of Tassie and came across the cradle, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, yeah, that's North North Tassie, beautiful spot. Get on down if you haven't been here. Fantastic. And can you cover your camera up so I can see the waterfall? Sure. Thanks. Hey, I can so do that this... with mine too. Look, I've got my laptop yeah. today. 
So they, hey, hey, look at us go. We both vanished. Um, hey, maybe the laptop's so the way to go. That is what well, my my uh, background is. Hopeton Falls up in yeah. the gorgeous Otways. Um, really, really a must do if you're in the Otways. You've mm. got to get yourself to Hopeton Falls. Um, bit of a walk down, like most waterfalls. You've got to sort of battle a few steep steps and stuff like that. But it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, the great thing about Hopeton Falls, though, is the lookout where it sort of looks like I'm standing now. Yeah. It's really, really accessible for photography. Uh, it sort of wraps right around. You've got, you've got a lot of vantage points. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unlike Erskine Falls that I had up last week, where you've really got one shot. Yeah. Hopeton, you've got lots of opportunities. You've also got further down the Cascades you can access as well. So it's... Um, ah, I didn't know you can go down further. I don't remember going... I remember yeah. seeing the Cascades when I went there, but I don't think I actually went down there. Yeah, yeah, you can go yeah. back a little bit, a little ways, and there's um, an actual another, I don't even know if it's, it's probably a whole separate waterfall, but I don't think it's got a name. The, the main one's Hopeton, so. You know what I love about that Hopeton. shot you've got up there? Do tell. There's no idiot standing there with a yellow or red jacket down the no. front of the waterfall. I love no. it. Well, we're going to, we'll probably break that photo down a bit more because our main yeah. topic tonight is waterfalls, but we're going to come back to that in a sec. We won't. Do a cool. bit of a deep dive on waterfall photography. Um, is that a but, pun? In, is that a pun intended? Absolutely. And your uh, so your week is uh, you're doing an East Coast Tassie trip. Is that yeah, right? Am yeah. I reading that right? Yeah, you are. I've just come back from. So I'm I'm still on a trip. It started last Friday. It just seems to be never ending. Um, so we had a trip. We had a five day trip down the East Coast. So we did Bay of Fires, Wineglass Bay, Fraser Bay, all those beautiful spots. Uh, and then we had one of our guests, she left at the end of that and went back to Perth. So good day, Fiona, if you're watching. No doubt she is because I, I plugged the hell out of this show on the trips. Not really. Um, well, done. well done. And uh, so now I'm left with three uh, ladies from New South Wales who uh, wanted to tap on three days at Cradle Mountain. So we've come up to Cradle Mountain for three days. Uh, we missed the big snow dump by a day and a half. There was actually quite a bit of, this was all on the snow a couple of days before we got here. Uh, and today, what we do yesterday, we got here, we went and did a few things. Uh, then today we went and did all the forests. We got some incredible shots of wombats. I showed you, I showed you personally, one of the shots of a wombat standing on top of a button grass posing, which was pretty cool. Um, so that was really good. And then we had this sunset tonight, which is amazing. And then tomorrow morning. So this is going out on Friday. Actually, this is going out tomorrow, is it? We got you know, uh, it. Yes, this will go out <laughs> tomorrow. This no will go way. out on Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday. There's just no to way you're getting a curveball on my <laughs> schedule, but this thing will be out five o'clock Friday. Mark my words. And well, now everyone's laughing because they're like, "Yeah, I didn't see this till Saturday." <laughs> yeah, look, look, look like last week when you put in cards. There's going to be things. There's graphics everywhere. There's nothing. I don't know what went wrong there. I'm still learning the whole thing, but we'll we'll get yeah. it. Anyway, so tomorrow morning at daybreak, we're going up in a helicopter with the doors off over. Hey. Around the back of Cradle Mountain, out to further down the overland track, and then back around. You can wave to Tom when you see him. We are going to try to wave to Tom uh, <laughs> if he's if he's still alive up there. Um, yeah. But it's it's what is it now? It's eight o'clock here. Uh, it is clear as a bell where we are tonight. Tomorrow, uh, tonight. So tomorrow morning is meant to be a bit frosty, so it could be good, really good conditions for flying. So Great. got a couple of couple of guests have never been in. Well, actually, all three of them haven't been in helicopters, uh, and we're going up with doors off to start off with. So it's been a bit of a a bit of a convincing exercise to make sure that they're comfortable without doing it, but I think they're going to be good. They've gone and bought some quells to make themselves feel a bit better. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're going up in the morning. So hopefully, I, I thought they were um, going to say they bought themselves some Irish whiskey to put in their coffee in the morning. Well, they've, so. they've got a couple. Of, they've got a couple of bottles of gin. We're going up. We're we're going so early. We're going before breakfast. So maybe right. when they when they get back, they might uh, they might have to well, top up. So um, if I do well, maybe uh, we can put a photo up from that at uh, that aerial right now on the screen. Okay. Because I'll but, be well, back, I'll, I'll be back in time to. Yeah, it depends it on when I edit this. Anyway, if there's no photo there, we'll do it next uh, week. Are you going to edit tonight, eh? More than likely. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll put it on the I'll put it on the down south post Facebook page or the Instagram page. There you go. So there's no picture here. So move um, on. We, which are linked in the description, by the way. If you're looking for our Facebook page, our Insta page, they are linked in the description, along with uh, a link to Cam's photo workshop uh, page where you can book workshops with Cam and a link to camera and photo, which is my page yeah. where you can uh, print some photos or you can. buy whatever you want, photographic related. I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll, what you I'll do. Try, I'll try that- anyway. How was your week? You've been busy as always. Yeah, so it's been really good. We've had, uh, it's a bit of a broken record, I know, but the last uh, month really since we relocated the shop has been great. Uh, yeah. I feel like we've sort of breathed new life into the business and there's been uh, a hell of a lot of feedback, very, very positive feedback. And it's it's just, it, it tickles my funny bone when when people come in to the shop and they go, oh, welcome to Ocean Grove. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and, you're, yeah. you're new here. Yeah, oh, that's no. right. And uh, well, actually, no, I've probably lived here longer than you have. And yeah, of my yeah. business has been here nearly 10 years, but that's fine. I mean, I, I get it. You can <laughs> you can shout it from the rooftops as much as you like, but until people actually need to use your services. Um, well, does that, say, you. does that say something about your marketing efforts prior to being in the new shop or yeah, do you think yeah, there's something does. else going? It does? No, just, well, I think my, just my business... I'm just hanging a shoot on you. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But my, my business was, um, was actually... Uh, born out of Facebook, really, back in yeah. ten years ago when I started it, Facebook was at what it was at its absolute peak back then. Yeah, um, and things have changed a lot in social media, in particular Facebook. Uh, they want your money, honey. They just uh, yeah, they do that. You know, yep, yeah, it's now all about boosted posts and targeted posts and stuff, which yeah. costs money, which is fine. I don't mind paying for it, but it definitely shows me that uh, Facebook was targeting people. That I already had as customers, and it wasn't yeah, necessarily yeah. It wasn't getting throwing the net wide enough to get me new customers. Yeah, and physically yeah. relocating the shop into a much higher traffic area has done that for me. So, uh, yeah. Touchwood has done it so far, and I'm yeah. very conscious of a honeymoon period. But we're, as I say, so far so good. And you're doing uh, lots of prints. You're doing much canvassing stuff as well. Loads. Or? I'm doing. I'm doing more canvas now than ever before. Um, right. Like today, I printed like. 28 meters of canvas or something so um yeah which is great you'll be retiring soon no i love it i'm not going anywhere you love it (laughs) that's awesome though it's good that's good to hear i like it. yeah yeah no that's really good i'm I'm stoked so uh, and and the good thing then is of course it gives me a bit more leverage a bit more scope to go into other things that i've always wanted to do with the business and now i'm not sort of hamstrung by being inside a shopping center i've actually got my own shop front my own my own window space and things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's really uh, reinvigorated things, particularly after the shit of the last couple of years. Well, it's probably, my French. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's probably it's probably the kick in the ass that everything needs. Really, doesn't it? like move store, get re re rejuvenated, and you know get yeah. ready to go and get things printing and get people in there and yeah yeah you probably yeah. you're probably you're probably a happier person to walk in and say hello to. 
yep, I feel like I've sacked the coach and the CEO and half the board. Yeah, Hello yeah. to all the happen? Essendon watchers oh, yeah. oh hey i'd like to make a special shout out to all the carlton supporters too oh, this One is not a footy sh- this is not a footy podcast but holy <laughs> smokes i just it was just gut-wrenching coming from a melbourne supporter who's been there done that yeah i, yeah. I know exactly where you're at you poor buggers and i i i genuinely feel sorry for you i'm not sure about my counterpart over here but i genuinely <laughs> uh, there's, there, there's what there's one carlton supporter in particular that we know that i'd love to bring up and say g'day and, and give you my condolences but i don't think it's i'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to our show but anyway <laughs> yeah, um, yeah what, anyway. what a shame hey what an absolute yeah. shame anyway moving on but no we're not we're not a footy or golf or car no. show uh, we're going to talk about waterfalls, which um, we probably sort of touched on a bit in the past. But um, as I said, I, I wouldn't mind sort of going a bit further into um, how Cam and I photograph waterfalls. We probably have a fairly similar way of doing it because I suppose in a lot of ways there's only really one sort of mainstream way to shoot uh, waterfalls. But um, Yeah, well, maybe maybe, maybe we'll be different. But Yeah, well, maybe we will. But, and, and I know, Cam, that you live in the land of waterfalls. So yeah. oh, there you go. Cam's just put a waterfall yeah, up on I, his background for those of you playing along. On I, the, felt, the, I felt, on I felt a little bit. I felt, look, look, I can even block my camera. Look at that. Yes, lovely. Um, now, where, yes. where are those waterfalls? Oh, these are just, uh, they're actually down the road from here, Cradle Mountain, a uh, place Lovely. called Quail Falls. I think I might have showed them last time or whatever. Oh, I think they were up last week. Anyway, so. it's just, we're on the theme of it. I thought we'd better mm-hmm. go back to that. So ideally when you go out to shoot waterfalls, Cam, um, I suppose that the, the, the first spot we need to start is gear, equipment, what kind mm. of equipment you take when you're preparing to go out and shoot waterfalls. Mm. Um, let's start there. What, what would you... Normally, make sure you've got in your bag when you're going out to capture some waterfalls. Uh, probably, I guess if I'm going to do waterfalls, like specifically waterfalls, I've got a couple of little different camera systems, but I will always pick up the Olympus system for starters because it's got easily the best waterproofing or weatherproofing. Um, the other thing I'll try and take um, a lot of the time is my circular polarizer. Make sure that's on all my lenses because that makes a huge difference for your waterfalls and okay, then so let, let's yeah. let's explain that what why does a, a polarizer make a difference to when you're shooting waterfalls funny you say that because we're having that exact conversation today at another waterfall here is that Look so at you guys getting a free workshop yeah i know how good's that um so really you know if you look at the scene behind brendan or i um for those playing on the visual medium um you know every, everything there the easiest way to explain it is everything's reflecting light so the sky above is reflecting off all the foliage, all the logs, all the water, all the rocks, everything that's in the waterfall area. If you don't have a polarizer on, you lose a lot of that true color and a lot of that, you know, that nice green, rich and reds and oranges and browns of all the all the foliage and stuff around there. And also the water. Sometimes the water you can you can see through the water or you can't see through the water. But the circular polarizer just takes all that glare out, um, polishes everything up nicely. All the colors come out nice and rich, nice and green. Uh, for example, the shot behind me, without a polarizer, all this green in the forest would just look a bit muted, I guess. So that's the main reason I use them is to help with the reflections on the water for one. And where waterfalls are, they're generally around wet forest or rainforest or whatever it might be. So, you know, having that all that wet foliage and rocks and stuff polarized makes a huge difference. So it's, it's probably one of the most essential tools for waterfalls, I reckon. Yeah. I okay. know, so what, what so you? you're, you're talking about... Uh, cutting glare cutting um, glare yep 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 so um that that uh that kind of light that comes off that, that is quite 
glary and and can can uh, can kill a photo, kill an image off because it's yeah it's um yeah too reflective. Yeah, it is, and that's that, and you, you lose the true color that comes off. Like yes. the ferns behind you, like they look fantastic in that, and they're nice and green and rich, and they've got some real color to them. But if you don't have a polarizer on, they're going to look. They're actually going to look a bit white or or reflective on the top because they're reflecting the skylight that's hitting them. So yeah, all you all you're doing is getting rid of that crappy distracting light that's bouncing off from the sky, uh, and you're cutting through to the true color. So it's a big a big difference. And the other thing that polarizers are good for, which I'm sure we'll touch on as well, uh, is they practically act as a two stop neutral density filter. So they they're they're a tinted filter. So they they act as a two stop. So it slows your shutter speed down by a factor of two. So they have a double purpose there. Um, so yeah, polarizer, uh, definitely a tripod in most cases these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the Olympus cameras, mm -hmm. you can almost hand hold about one or two seconds with image stabilizing. So, you know, sometimes I, I think, I think one of the episodes we did have many, many episodes ago was what the perfect shutter speed we thought was for a, a waterfall. And yeah. I've always thought about one or two seconds is, is more than enough, but yeah. Um, so they'd be probably the main ones. And then the other thing I look in my bag is make sure I've got a lens cleaning cloth or a, a towel or something like that. Cause waterfalls create energy. You can see this, the mist and spray behind Brendan's ear there coming off, off the other waterfall. Um, you know, if you don't have a cleaning cloth and you get drops all over your, over your lens, then it doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. So. And generally speaking, uh, when you're shooting waterfalls, you're going to be using apertures above F11 um, because I want everything from that little fern there all the way back to the waterfall in yeah. focus. So uh, ideally, I'm going to shoot at uh, F11, F16. And of yeah. course, what that does is that brings everything into focus, including those little droplets on your filter yeah it does um, and yeah. and they come up as little like starbursty they look like dust yeah uh, in the atmosphere so it's really uh, very very a pro tip is to get yourself a cleaning yeah. cloth yeah um which reminds me of episode one when we gave away a cleaning cloth did you give it away <laughs> yeah we did oh, we did. mailed out a few cleaning cloths okay. to people. <laughs> the, the other the other thing you do with the drops as well that's something i i do religiously when I'm shooting waterfalls is I in between shots I put the lens cap back on. Yep. Uh, but what I don't do, especially down here in Tassie, what I don't do is when I take the lens cap off, put it in my pocket against my body heat, and then put it back against my cold lens because then you create condensation on your filter and then sometimes between your filter on your lens. So I always take the lens cap off, keep it in my hand out of the rain, then take the photo, put it back on, give it a wipe, go again. So yeah. Um, so is there anything out of that that you take that I didn't mention and your kit? Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, the ND filter. Um, yep. I don't use, well, for this photo behind me, I didn't use a system that has built in ND filters. So I actually had to put a, a real ND filter on the lens. Mm. And in awesome. the case of this photo here, um, from memory, it was shot during the middle of the day, as you can probably see from the light. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about this and the right time to shoot waterfalls and the like a century the best time to shoot a waterfall was first light and last light yeah. uh, when there wasn't a lot of light around so that you could use your longer shutter speeds to be able to catch a movement like that yeah. and i know we have a really varied audience and some people who listen to us are absolute beginners so just to those people i just want to point out that to achieve um, the movement that you see behind Cam in the water there and on this waterfall beside me, to achieve that, you have to use a longer shutter speed. So if you used 
a normal uh, uh, a normal shutter speed, you get a correct exposure there. What you're going to end up with is maybe like a one sixtieth or a one one hundred twenty fifth of a second, which is fine, but you're not going to be able to capture that, get that blur to uh, depict movement on the water. Yep. And to achieve that, you either have to be there when it's dark or really, really low light so that your camera can then use naturally a longer exposure time to get a correct exposure. Yep. Or you can do what we're talking about, and that is put filters on your lenses to cut down how much light is actually coming into your camera. Yep. Now, Cam mentioned a circular polarizer. Circular polarizers are fantastic for waterfalls because of what we've already said. They cut down reflected light. Uh, off the ferns and they also cut down reflected light off the spray that you see coming off the waterfall as well but they also act as a neutral density filter or a, um, a stopping down filter where they yeah. they cut down a little bit of light that comes in so it naturally will give you a longer exposure time sometimes yeah. putting a filter on a, a circular polarizer on can be the difference between having one sixtieth of a second and one fifteenth of a second yeah um, right. without having to add an ND for a neutral density filter, which yeah. let's face it, ND filters, particularly for big wide angle lenders, ain't cheap. Um, no, they're not. They're big and they're bulky and they're dear. Yeah. They're so you can get away with just using a circular polarizer. Yeah. Or you can do old school and actually get to these places at first light. Now, I recommend getting to waterfalls at first light for the simple yeah. reason that getting out of these areas can be treacherous and you mm -hmm. don't want to do it after dark. So if you go yeah, there, yeah. You know, you, you get there like at first light. At least you're walking out in daylight rather than yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think I think that's, something that's a some, tip for you. Something else I remember at uh, uni when I did my degree there, they were talking about filters a lot and neutral. I, I don't use neutral densities much, even in camera these days. I don't use them too much um, unless I'm really struggling because I'm there at the wrong time. But one of the things we learned about neutral densities and any kind of filter is that the more glass you put in front of your camera. The more the more refraction and diffraction you introduce yeah. coming through glass. So light passing through glass, if it's passing through not only an ND filter, but then it's passing through a circular polarizing filter, then it goes through your lens and all the elements. You're introducing a lot more chance of things going wrong with that light going through the lenses and and you know projecting correctly onto the sensor. So that was one of the reasons why I never really got into them because I always thought, well, I only need a couple of seconds for waterfalls. I get that early morning or afternoon, like you suggested or on a really gloomy, uh, you know, stormy day or overcast day, which are great for waterfalls. But what I did, I also cut down the amount of glass that was going in front of my light. Um, so it was just a circular polarizer and that was it. So now that they've got them built into the cameras, we're, we're still avoiding that issue, which is what I like about some of the inbuilt filters that you can get on some of these cameras now is that they're taking that element off the front and doing it digitally or, or you know, bit of black magic in the behind the camera somehow but yeah yeah um but yeah i think you're right about um especially when you get there time of day that's something else i i sort of try really hard to to work around like these falls behind me it was a really 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 wet day um so we walked into this waterfall with some friends and the track was actually a river so it was up to our almost our shins walking through getting to where we had to get to these waterfalls but if you're looking to go shoot waterfalls then number one tip has to be right time of day and weather you know if yeah. you have a waterfall in, in mind that you want to go shoot that's accessible for you on a regular basis then plan your time like okay it's going to be a drizzly day with overcast conditions that's the day you want to get in there if it's going to be 35 degrees and sunny middle of summer you're not going to go down there so mm -hmm. plan plan your trip as well but um 
yeah, it's an easy thing to easy thing to do. Just playing around the time and the weather, and you'll you know if you even look at all the great waterfall photographers around here in Australia, very rarely are they taken middle of the day in sunny conditions. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Only morons like me do that. Well, yeah, but that that works for you. And again, <laughs> it depends on as well. Like you do the research of which waterfall you go to. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a deep sort of canyon waterfall that doesn't get much light at all. Yeah. Then you might be able to shoot that any time of the day. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come back to the light in my photo in a second, but I I also is it again, real? You haven't dropped light in there, have you? <laughs> no, uh, not that time. Um, <laughs> I have been known to, but not in this case. Um, just just going one step backwards as well. We 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 talk. We have we actually dedicated a whole episode to tripods at one point, I think. Um, and didn't stand again, up very well. Hey! hey. <laughs> that was good. Um, if I say so myself. See, so you just totally, totally <laughs> thrown my train of thought. No, no, no. I got it. Um, it. It's more again for 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 people who are starting out. Um, you know, tripods are essential because we're talking about operating at uh, long exposure times. So, yeah. uh, in some cases with waterfalls, you you could up to ten seconds if you want to, and. Uh, I don't care how good your image stabilizing system is. It's very, very difficult to hold your camera steady for 10 seconds. Yeah. One great thing about shooting wide angle uh, waterfalls, like the examples we've got behind us, um, is that the wide angle lens can sometimes cover up a bit of camera shake. Um, yeah. If you zoom in on the scene, you use a zoom lens and then you get camera shake, a millimeter of movement here is like an earthquake on the end element. So it's yeah. really quite shaky on your, on your side. You're going to end up with blur. But yeah. That's the reason why, in general, landscape photographers should use tripods is because quite often we're shooting at low aperture values, uh, so uh, high aperture values, uh, small openings, um, physically small aperture openings, Yeah. which generally translates to a longer shutter speed. So that's why tripods are uh, essential, particularly when you're shooting waterfall. Now, yeah. if you get caught out and you haven't got a tripod, there, there's always the pile of rocks and there's always the... Yeah the uh the the, 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 the bench tree or the, or the rail or you yeah know. yeah or your mate's yeah. back to get him to sit down yeah. and sit on his head and one thing yeah, i no. the thing that i find these days maybe not with the tripod i've got at the moment but my older man photo tripod was a really good double up to stop me falling in the river when i was walking across rocks so I have a couple of legs out and use it as a walking pole and test yeah. the depth and stuff like that so yeah. even if you don't use your tripod they come in handy just to save your ass going in the water a there's few a times, reason so. if you saw my tripod oh man it's it's nearly done my 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 055 x pro b is almost cooked um right. i've had yep. it for cheapest 15 plus years um and and it's done every waterfall shot i've done in the last 15 years that thing yeah. and exact and and the reason it's so bad it is for that very reason yep. i've had it jammed in rocks so I've, I've been walking from one rock yep. to another and leaning on it and yeah. bending it and scraping it and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. a heavy duty tripod uh, is almost a must, unless of course you're hiking long distances when. Yeah. Well, that, uh, like I've got my little man Frodo carbon tripod one, which, which is great for most of my camera gear, but every now and then it just gets, feels a bit flimsy and you're just like, I just want something solid, especially yeah. if you're, if you've got your legs in the river and the, like the river's, yeah. running through your tripod you need that sort of extra weight to you know to help just sort of steady that camera down so yeah tripods are essential uh, filters are essential um yeah co compositions are essential with waterfalls as well you know I, I try and have my waterfalls running through my scene 
Yours is the same. It sort of runs from the back and comes through the front. Yeah. Uh, you can always just go and shoot the waterfall front on, but it just becomes a little bit two-dimensional then. Uh, so if you get something with the waterfall running through your scene, you, you create that bit of depth. Um, and you can see with both Brendan and I, we've both got the waterfall at the back of the scene. So it, it sort of automatically creates depth because you're like, where's that water coming from? Well, it's coming back from behind us and then it's running through the scene. So try and find your compositions that you can actually get a little bit of depth in your shot from where the waterfall is to where, you know, that might, like I said, it might be walking down the river 50 meters to get that cascade effect or whatever it may, might be. But most waterfalls, apart from the really big ones that drop off cliffs, you can sort of get some extra locations yeah. under your belt and, and shoot with different yeah. compositions. And this is where the long exposure times become essential because the, the white water creates the yeah. white area and gives you that beautiful contrast. Yeah, um, totally. Yours has got a lot more contrast going on than mine, but it works really well because you've got yeah. that striking lime green moss and yeah. then this just flat out white cascade yeah, which portrays all the movement. I mean, you're you, that's so cool that show. You can almost you can almost hear it when you look at it, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah, you can you can almost hear the movement, hear the waterfall. So yeah, yeah, um, that's what what I look for as well. And the 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 natural leading line that a that the creek or the river can give yeah. you, it yeah. really works to your advantage. And I think also talking when I'm sort of teaching stuff like that, we talk about composition, leading lines, rule of thirds, all that all that jazz. But, you know, the, the river itself is a leading line, but that's the same as what a road does. It's the same as what a tree trunk route does. It's the same as what, you know, a fence line does. It's the same as what a coastline does. They all create this leading line through your scene. So if, you, if you're nailing coastal scenes with coastlines and leading lines, then there's nothing to say you can't walk into a forest and get the same thing out of a waterfall with a leading line. So uh, we've, we speak about it a lot. There's a lot of genres of photography well, you know, even within landscapes, there's a lot of different types of landscape photography that all work really well together. If you can nail, if you're a waterfall photographer, then you can go out and do something else and shoot coastal without a problem, find those little tidal rivers that come out or find, you know, the coastline or the shells or the rocks. So um, compositions are really important with, with waterfalls, but I actually think maybe waterfalls are maybe a bit easier to compose because they do have the extra element of usually the long exposure. They're generally in a really pretty place. You know, composition, you can sort of get a little bit lazy with it and still pull out a really good photo. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good but practice to get it right. They, they make for really dynamic images. And mm. generally speaking, when you go to these places, um, I know Hopeton Falls is a good example. If you go there, particularly during the week, and it's not school holidays or anything like that, you, you've got the place to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you and I both know, Cam, that, that generally leads to better landscape photos if you've got an area to yourself. Yeah. because you know, you've got the run of the joint. You're not worried about people getting in your way. You're not worried about getting in the way of people. Um, you're not yeah. tripping over tripod legs. You're, con you know, you're there composing, and it's, it's, it's really, really. That's why I, I think that's what I love most about waterfalls is they're a cathartic experience anyway. Yeah, yeah. Waterfall. Yeah. Ripping the camera out and building um, compositions yeah. is so much fun. I can literally spend three, four hours at a place like this, um, and just, just constantly looking for you know ways to capture it i guess yeah um yeah. one thing i do really like about this shot because i've shot this place plenty of times but this was the last time i did it which was about this time last year i reckon um we got a blue sky day and i was there during the middle of the day you know and i was like ah this is a bit of a bummer but mm. i actually really like the light on the ferns particularly yeah, I, right I the foreground too. there yeah yeah it I sort do of too. adds a, as you're saying before it adds a bit more to the depth of it 
Yeah. Um, I, I like the, I, I actually like the highlights and all that shot. I think, yeah. and even, even in the water and the same foreground, there's like a little pool of water that's lit up. Yep. So it actually looks almost tropical waterfall. Yeah. Water. So yeah. it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. I reckon it was about seven degrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, the, that's, the, that's tropical for down here. In the good old ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it looks, it looks great. Um, I was going to say something, but I can't remember now. You've lost my train of thought about That's okay. It'll come back yeah, to you, I'm sure. I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing about uh, waterfalls as well is, um, and what I like doing as well, is revisiting them at different times of the year as well. Yeah. yeah. And I know we already talked a little bit about that, but picking your season can be really crucial. It's not just, so if we get a heap of rain in the Otways, that waterfall will look like that for a good two or three weeks. Like yeah, it's right. not. It's not like you have to, oh, it's rained heaps, let's go there. In fact, sometimes when you go to particularly Hopeton Falls, when it's really rained a lot, you yeah. get a lot of brackish brown water, a lot of mud, yeah, sediment gets yeah. stirred up. And they don't yeah, look right. anywhere near as good. You've yeah. got to sort of give it that few days or a week for it to yeah. settle down when the water's still coming, but it's it, calmed it's down a little bit. Back to a normal flow. We, we, on yeah. the East Coast just last week, we went to a waterfall called St. Columba Falls. So this waterfall is about... 90 meters high it's a monster of a waterfall and we pulled up in the van and we could you can see it across the valley and it was pumping like just pumping pumping yeah. so we walked down to the bottom of it and uh i already knew in the back of it i'm like we're not going to get many shots down the bottom there but yeah the ladies in my group are like no let's go up to this platform they stood there we actually got there was actually rainbows in the waterfall from all the spray and oh cool uh, there's all this turbulence up the top it was pumping down but it was a take a shot wipe take a shot wipe like it, <laughs> it, it, it was like incredible heaps of spray we were all saturated but yeah it still made a great shot but that, that again that would be ideal if we waited if we had the time to wait a couple of extra days when it just settled down to a more manageable flow we would have got some in, incredible shots but um yeah you're right and i was thinking i was thinking before about when you're saying about going to waterfalls on your own um we went to cradle mountain tonight with that first shot i put up and we were the only people down there had the entire place to ourselves. That's fantastic. Makes no sense at all. Um, the ladies here was like, where is everyone? Yeah. Tell me another iconic view in Australia that you'd have all to yourself. You can't. I can't think no. of one. It's nuts. No. So, no. And, and and you're right. And, and you know, you, you get your own sort of you get your own mindset and you go out and do your own thing and you take your time. You're not worried about getting out of other people's way. You're not getting frustrated with people getting your way. And so, yeah, again, waterfalls. And if you can get there, like you said, a lot of people will go to waterfalls after big downpours because they're like oh let's go see the waterfall it'd be pumping but for photos if you hold off a couple of days people the excitement's gone goes back to a bit of a lull you probably have the place to yourself and yeah. um away you go so yeah for sure yeah. very cool um what else can we talk about with waterfalls i don't i think we've pretty much ticked it all off uh um, i think no, so we've ne we'll never tick it all off because that's the beauty of photography. Every time you go back to these places, you always pick up something new and you always learn something new. So getting out into these places is um, yeah. is what it's all about for sure. I think um, waterfalls, I think, yeah, composition's important. Having the right gear is important. Having your tripod's important. Um, editing tripods, uh, editing tripod, editing waterfalls, um, I find is relatively straightforward if you get yeah. the exposure right. Um, yeah. one, little, one little tip I'll give is, I reckon, and again, I said it today, uh, when we're shooting waterfalls, I, I reckon religiously, whether or not you're shooting manual or aperture priority or shutter priority, I'm almost religiously at least one stop underexposing. So okay. the one the one thing that you really want to be careful about is not blowing the highlights in your high, in your water. 
So if you overexpose in a waterfall and you lose all, like you were saying, that beautiful white contrast to the greens, if you just blow all that white out and you just got, you know, flat out white water, nothing, no detail, no streams, no, no currents, then you've ruined the waterfall. So be very careful. Check your histogram when you're shooting to make sure you're not blowing a highlight and make sure that, you know, I, I like I said, I underexpose almost at one stop religiously on every waterfall I do just because it keeps those highlights under control. And when you go back and edit, you can easily bring the shadows out a bit more, but you've always got that beautiful flow and the color and, and the stream coming through. So that's yeah, a big one to the, remember. Um, with the gigantic leaps forward in dynamic range in um, camera sensors now, yeah, uh, you can you can certainly get away with a lot more. But yeah, Cam's absolutely. exactly right. Getting it right in camera is crucial, um, particularly so you don't um, click your highlights and lose yeah. all that information. And my the, the waterfall in my photo is a prime example of that because you've got individual streams you can see there. That's right. Now, if that yeah. if that was if that wasn't at a correct exposure, it just it would all be all that detail wouldn't be there. So yeah, it, it'd be just a white curtain of of yeah. nothing and. And I see it a fair bit. And and again, this is, you know, this is some of the benefits of, and not just plugging what we do, but this is some of the benefits of going out and shooting and doing workshops and shooting with professionals is that we can certainly relay the information that we know to you guys about how not to ruin your photos by doing simple mistakes. So the big one we talk about a lot is how the camera meters scenes. Like every camera has a different metering system and, and people are so unaware that the cameras are actually quite stupid when they're doing the metering. They don't really pick up exactly what light you're picking up or what you want to take right. a photo of so you, sometimes you've actually got to say to the camera hey you know what you're close but you're blowing all these highlights and i don't want that so that's where understanding histograms and understanding what your camera is doing is important but i think there's still value in going out with people like myself and, and brendan and others who do these this for a living teaching people is that you can pick up a lot of really good tips in short time frames and you and you'll you'll bang your head against the wall saying why the hell did i not try and get those information that information 10 years ago um because you'll shoot differently and you'll get better results a lot quicker so there's a plug for workshops absolutely um one little uh some might say it's a bit controversial but i'll i'll go there with so the the shop behind me or particularly a place like hopeton and a lot of waterfalls if you're talking east coast of australia or even south west coast of WA, where you find waterfalls in subtropical rainforest areas, you have these ferns. Um, very, very, and oh, you can here, see. Here we go. I know where you're going with this. Cam, Cam's in Tasmania and I'm in Victoria, and we've got the ferns here. And of course, when you shoot long exposures, uh, it's not always dead calm and there can be a bit of wind around. So sometimes what happens is you'll get blur, the, your, the, the, the ferns will actually blow as well, will, will move. So yeah. they get blurred just as much. Now, I put up a photo of Open Falls a few years ago um, on, remember Flickr? Everyone remembers that, Flickr? That, that, those oh, old Flickr. days. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is probably going back a decade now. And yeah. um, it was, I reckon it was one of the best waterfall shots I've ever taken. But I on purpose left the movement in on the ferns um, because it was that, about a 10 I'm, second exposure. Because they were moving. Well, it happened. That's yeah, exactly that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. But I also um, did um some exposure bracketing where i did um, a shot at 10 seconds and then i did a shot right back at correct exposure which was probably in the, in this case yeah 100th or 125th or whatever and got a you know a much sharper shot and yeah. then exposure blended so i put the two together yeah. um this is where the controversy comes in folks um because it was two different photos that i 
composited so that I yeah. had sharp water and sharp ferns. Now, of course, the simple answer to that is go back when it's not blowing its butt off and, and yeah. get the shot, you know, when it's when it's calm. Yeah. Uh, but again, when we're traveling, we can't always do That's that. Right. And if, if you want the shot to look sharp front to back, well, there are techniques that you can employ that will um yeah. will help you achieve that. Yeah. And that, that's that's one of the ones you get asked a lot is like, but the ferns are all moving. And, you know, like there's no right or wrong answer to that. Um, some people like to leave the blur in. Some people like to shoot a fast shutter speed and then replace it uh, over, over, over compose it over a, a sharp shot of the, the ferns and the waterfall. And um, I know, I know there's a couple of people listening to this show who do that with their waterfalls um, and then you know, each their own. It's not, it's not a bad thing or, or better or worse. It's just, that's how they like it. I like to keep them blurry because I think it actually adds it to a, adds a bit to the, the feel of the shot that you can actually sort of almost see the power of the waterfall. Not only is it, you know, throwing water off this cliff, but it's also pushing all the wind through. And yeah. Um, so I like to leave mine, mine blurry, but um, yeah, it's, it's a funny one that people yeah. like to have. Well, it. I think, I think going in with the attitude and it's an attitude I like to take is that photography is not a game of perfect. Um, no. You know, sometimes you've got to stop looking for perfect and capture what actually is there. Yeah. Um, it has its place every, and, and I, and I, I'm a fence sitter. I, I do a bit of both, but um, yeah. I, I think every now and then I like to just get the shot with one exposure, look at it and go, I don't need to change nothing. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's nigh on for me. It's nigh on perfect. Yeah. Cam's going to look at it and go, uh, yeah, well, I would have done this and that, and that's fine. He's a photographer too. And then, yeah. the, you know, the general punter's going to look at it and go, oh, yeah, maybe you could have done this. You know, so whatever. Yeah, but, um, that's think, right. There's, there's no yeah, right or wrong. No, there isn't. And that's the beauty of it, that there yeah. is no right or wrong. It's up to you. So yeah. there are some, you know, some some rules and some groundwork you need to do. But I think once you understand those, you can yeah. only break the rules once you learn them, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's a good, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. 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 So, um yeah. Get out and shoot some waterfalls. I was going to say, it's the perfect time of year because there's rain around and it's the sun's lower in the sky and you generally get some more overcast days. So Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're get... rolling around to spring very, very quickly yeah. as well when generally colours are at their most yeah. vibrant and freshest. My advice is go get some leeches on you. Oh. Do it. Yes, when you, were, when you were talking before about having water oh. up to your shins, all I could think yeah. of was the good old yeah. leech. Yeah, we we actually didn't get any down here where we were. They, they were there, but they just didn't. They didn't get on us. So, oh man, there's nothing worse than finding a leech like hours later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, every time I every time I come up to Cradle Mountain and do a bit of a shoot on my own and go bush bashing, I'll get back in the car and I'll get about an hour or two from home. I'm like, geez, yeah. my legs itchy. Yeah, and like and like, oh, this blood, you bastard! There's a yeah. bloody leech in there. Like, how did like you get that. up there? I had everything tucked in. I had gaiters on. You prick! <laughs> and, then, and then you by that time they're dead, dead and had their feet and. Yeah, that's right. Good fun. We'll do an episode on leeches one day, maybe. Why not? Um, so that's waterfalls, guys. If you've got any questions about waterfalls, feel free to uh, hit us up in the comments below. Yeah. Um, which reminds me that I forgot to plug our um, $150 DigiDirect voucher giveaway, Ooh. which hey, we must be very close to having to uh, make a decision on, Cameron. We do have to make a decision, and we are getting a lot of entries, uh, which is which is great. Which is great. So I reckon we can announce it on the next show we do, which will be, yeah. we'll record that next week. Yeah, well, we'll close entries on the 31st of August. So That's this right. goes out on the 26th of August. So you're going to have another five days from when this goes out to get your entries in. Yeah. And Cameron, 
how do our folks enter their image? Uh, the easiest way to do is to drop us a DM. Now, for those who may not understand what a DM is, that's a direct message to our Facebook page, the Down South Photo Show, or our Instagram page, which is the Down South Photo Show. You can do a little message. So, uh, you know, all the all the compliments that people send through and say how awesome we are, well, you can just attach a photo to that as well and send it through to us. Worst case scenario, if you do struggle with that, so you can send it through to the email, uh, just send it through to cam at tazphoto.com.au. It'll be in the link down below. Um, I, I reckon we've got, yeah, we're, we're probably pushing 20 odd entries, I think. Fantastic. Which is pretty so, good. So we'll, we'll have a look um, at them over the next few days. And Yeah. Yeah. So what we'll do, them. what we'll do is we'll, Cam will look through them. I'll look through them. We'll both do that independently. We'll no doubt um, put our heads together and come up with a winner. Um, we'll, yes. we'll probably even, we'll, we might even come up with a top five. That'd be good. Just so the, the four losers can cry. <laughs> <laughs> Just so the four other people can feel shit about it. <laughs> the winner. Yeah, you yeah, didn't, you, yeah. You're the four, you're the fourth loser. You're the third yeah. loser. You're the yeah, second that's right. loser. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, now that'll go you're the biggest loser. Never mind. Yeah. Um, okay. well, no, great. We really appreciate people sending in their photos yeah, and we love seeing them um, because crack, they're, they're photos we've never seen before. So it's great yeah, for us to see some, them. We love it. There are some really good ones in there. Um, we're introducing a new, um, introducing introducing a new, uh, what do they are call we? it? A new segment this week. All right. We do it now. Okay. Yeah, why not? Um, okay. we, we've decided to introduce a segment called Tip of the Week because Although we just rattled off a whole segment on waterfalls and say, tips did, on shooting them. Did, did we the, just do a tip? <laughs> we're doing a tip of the week. Um, uh, and it's a really simple one. And again, I like to um, target this at people who are just starting out in photography. Um, yeah. and, but there's no doubt a lot of um, uh, prosumer photographers who listen as well. And my, my simple tip of the week is shoot raw plus JPEG. Uh, okay. So... Uh, a lot of beginner photographers might be only shooting JPEG because they don't know what the hell a RAW file is or what to do with it. Well, the reason I say to people to shoot RAW and JPEG is because when you do learn about editing RAW photos, you're going to love it because you're going to be able to go back through your archives of uh, your JPEGs that you've done in the past and right next to those JPEGs will be the RAW file that you shot at the same time. Yeah, and you're you're sort of future proofing yourself if you shoot raw plus JPEG now. Shooting raw files is um, memory; uh, it uses up a lot of memory. Um, it's memory heavy, but who cares? Memory cards are so cheap now; it's ridiculous. Uh, so, so, so this tip of, this tip of the week is really a plug to buy more memory cards from you, isn't it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, sand, <laughs> Sandisk have been in my ear about, man, dude, we've got to sell some more memory cards. You're not selling enough memory cards. Shoot raw and JPEG. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, look, Cameron, that is not the case. <laughs> and and if it was, I would have to say that this is a paid partnership with, but it's not. But Sand, um, Sand but, is going to yeah. sponsor. Are they sponsoring the show? Oh, they're sponsoring me. Oh. Anyway, we'll come back to that. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, shooting Raw and JPEG is a good one. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're right. And the other reason I tell people to do that, if they are inclined mm -hmm. to do that, is if you're going on holidays, sometimes people just want to get their shots online and put them up and say, hey, this is where I was, you know, here's my selfie in front of Cradle Mountain. If you have a raw file only, you've got to go edit it, you've got to play around with it, you've got to do everything. Yeah. If, you've got a, if you've got the JPEG there on your camera as well, most times, almost out of camera, you can just upload it and say, hey, this is where I was. So it saves a step of having to edit a raw image as well. But what you said is right. You can, once you get better at 
um, editing raw files, you you'll almost throw away the JPEG because you'll have more fun and get more creativity out of the raw files than you do with the JPEG. So, absolutely, good tip. Nice. Then don't forget how much how much how much you got off memory cards this week. Look for look <laughs> uh, look forward to the tip of the week coming back next week. Let's see how many episodes that last. That's one in a row. Yeah, the, what was the what was the uh, horror stories that lasted about two episodes? I think we got about three. Really, I like uh, that one. Yeah, I did too. If you've got a photography horror story and you would like that segment to come back <laughs> yeah. and it's better than tip of the week, then by all means. You know what that uh, just said? And if said, you've got you... suggestions for any other segments as well, then we can do that too. <laughs> you know what this sounded like? That mm. sounded like something out of Hey, Hey, It's That Day. <laughs> <laughs> just sounded like they used to make stuff out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, I okay. used to love that show. Anyway, we're not a oh, Hey, right. Hey, It's That Day show either, but, you know. Fantastic part of my my youth. That yeah, show. wasn't it? Yeah. And the segment you've all been waiting for, Dear Cam. The tier. Back, back to episode 51. Dear Cam, thanks, Brendan. What a great way to start a Dear Cam. Yeah. Thanks, Brendan and Cam, for the 50 shows. I use Lightroom and sometimes Photoshop or Denoise AI by Topaz Labs. I use that too. That's quite good. When the picture comes back to Lightroom, I have another copy of the photo. Okay, so they've they've got the original, they've denoised it, and they've got a second copy of it. Yeah, My question right. is, do I need to keep every copy or could I just keep the first and last pictures in the Lightroom catalogue? What are your opinions on this from Susan from Northwest Tasmania? Uh, from well, your neck of the woods, Cameron. She is from the neck of the woods. She's up, up the road from me. Um, well, this this could be another way to plug buying extra memory, couldn't it, really? Like you take it up all your... But we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that. We're not sponsored no. by Sandisk or anything. We're or, not. Not yet. West, Western Digital or something. Um so yeah, so when you do that, you do it sort of creates a, a copy of the f- original file with the extra bit of your editing that you've done through Photoshop or Denoise or, or whatever it might be. So I don't, you don't have to keep every copy of it. Definitely keep the original raw. Don't delete the original raw. Uh, the way I generally process my images through Lightroom is I'll do the fitting, fixing on Lightrooms. I'll export mine out to um, Nick effects and do like a pro contrast adjustment. It'll come back. So there's now two files in J in, in Lightroom. And then I actually send it out to Photoshop to do a final little layering of sharpening for printing and stuff. So I end up with three files, but the ones I keep is the first and the last one. So the first one is the original raw file with, with the adjustments on it. And the last one is the, the, the good file that's going to go out to get printed or sold or whatever it is. So I reckon you could almost get rid of the middle one. But if you only got two of them, then I'd keep both of them. But whatever you do, do not delete the original file. Full stop. There you go. That's good, the answer. Good advice. Yeah. Sound advice. Nothing to add here. Good job on deer cam. Yeah. Uh, if you have a deer cam question, by all means, hit us up in our uh, on our socials and send us a, all your deer cams. We like answering them. All the links are below as per usual. Yeah, um, it must be time. Us... Must be time for us to get a website going or something with like a suggestion box or like dump something in here or email. Yeah. When they no? when they invent the eighth day of the week, I'll get it done. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Between the two, it Bren, it's called Bren's Day. You know yeah, Bren's Day. Between the two of us, we've got about minus forty six hours to spare each week. <laughs> Correct. We'll just get an extra day so we can fill that fill that full of crap. Yeah. Um, so, Cam, uh, that is episode 51 in the can. What's coming yep. up for you? Uh, what's coming up for me? Tomorrow is the last day of my work. So uh, I have a few weeks off before we head off to the Flinders Ranges. We have an Olympus oh, Day yes. in between. 
we have one day Olympus Day, but the rest is just waiting for the Flinders Rangers next. So um, now, did I read somewhere you've got a spot open on the Flinders Rangers trip, or is that now sold out? Uh, that was sold out. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, and that was that the Flinders Rangers. Yeah, it was. Okay. I can't remember now. Yeah. What? Well, yeah, it's sold out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was Don't try and book that one. Uh, uh, yeah, it was doing the Flinders Rangers again next yeah, year. Yeah. So well, yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing. I'll be doing it again next year. Um. <laughs> So a bit of a rest, um, catch up with a few things at home, follow. I've got to do some printing. I've got a few print orders to go out when I you get home. You can reintroduce yourself to your children. I will. I actually reintroduced to them just before I spoke to you, actually. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, they're like, they're like, who's this strange man with yeah, the beard that keeps calling us? Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I just wanted to do a quick promotion as well because I know there's a lot of people that listen who are probably already going to the Bright Festival of Photography, which is in uh, October. So October 7th to 9th in the beautiful Bright in Alpine Victoria, there is still tickets on sale, but they're going to sell out pretty soon. So um, we just had an email from the organizers saying that let's do another little quick plug because there's a couple left and we don't want people getting narky if they wait till closer to the date and then can't get them. So 7th of October through the 9th of October in Bright, uh, you buy your own accommodation, you get your own way there. It's all fairly self-sufficient. Um, it's $189.95 to go, but what that gives you is what they call BFOP credits or BFOP cash. You get like $400 of credit. And then you can book all these different workshops over the over the two and a half days, three days. Um, it's a really good event. Uh, it's got some really good instructors, myself included. Uh, we'll go up Mount Buffalo. I'm doing a few things on black and white photography. And I'm also doing a session called Keep It Simple, Stupid. Um, so just how to really simplify your landscape photography and just get better results more often. Um, I don't think you could find better value for money anywhere when it comes to uh, no. attending photography workshops. That's an absolute steal. It is. It's, and it's a big whole weekend. So there's 500 tickets available, but I don't think there's anywhere near that many left. I think we're into double figures, maybe how many are left, I'm not sure. But yeah. um, $189, go to www.bfopaustralia.com. Have a look, get up there. If you're a little bit hesitant, send me a message, ask me what it's all about. Um, it is an absolute blast. It's a great place to go, Bright. It's beautiful as as you and I know, Brendan. And um, get up there. All the all the big brands are going to be there. Olympus are there. Nikon there. I think Sony's going to be there. Uh, there's a whole heap of Fuji going to be there. Camera House are going to be there doing some stuff. Uh, you can borrow gear from Nikon and all the other brands. They let you take gear out for the day. So, uh, and if that doesn't tickle your fancies, there's a fair little bit of drinking that goes on there too. So, <laughs> come on up. So nice. anyway, thank you for letting me plug that. Come along to Bright, folks. So you heard the man, he'll shout you a beer. So he'll see you up there. You mentioned the down south photo show and I'll build Brendan and we'll buy your beer. When you are booking your BFOP tickets, absolutely mention that you heard it on the down south. Down south photo, photo show. show. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you know? I, I doubt uh, maybe he's listening, I don't know, but last week we had a really good result in where we're charting. We last week our episode 50 was the most listened to photography podcast in Australia last week. That's nuts. Give it Again. up for us. And last week's episode um, put the show as the second most listened to photography show in Australia. That's it's nuts. Brilliant. Again, so we're ranking really well in the visual arts podcast. So that's the ones that you put your ears in and listen. Um, but the the other podcast that was going around was the the adventures of Tom and Matt. So Tom, Tom Putt and Matt Crummins, our good friend Matt, and I just saw today that Tom, uh, sorry, that Matt Crummins followed the Down South Photo Show page. Wow. So I don't know if he's stalking or if he's going to get some ideas of how to run a successful podcast. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. G'day to Matt, if you're listening. 
What can I tell you, mate? Absolute yeah. influences. That's what we are. We are. We should wear red jackets and stand on the waterfall behind you. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd look good in a pale blue. Uh, this has been episode 51 of the Downtown Photo Show, unless my learned friend has got anything to add. I was just going to say it would bring your eyes out with the, the blue, but no, I, I've been crap. I've been crapping on for the last week and a half on my tour here. I'm, I'm running out of words. You are ready to stop, and I understand that. Uh, okay, thanks for listening, folks. Um, thanks for sharing us around. We will see you for episode 52 of the Down South Photo Show next week. Goodbye for now. See you guys. That's a boring. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I was going to say I couldn't think of anything. You know. <laughs>